Welcome to Shane Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Today, we are booting up our computer and going on the scary thing called the internet. And we're meeting people in chat room to find love by watching You've Got Mail. I'm Welcome. James. You're, I'm the grumpy one. To my left is our chief archivist. The one. Executive the chief archivist. Executive. executive. I always forget the executive. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting about that promotion. I got promoted. Kenny Madison, executive chief archivist of flatfilms.com. Publishing three videos a week. Please yep. check us out. Flatfilms.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and our maven of all things culture. Olivia Slap and Swat is also known as the Lioness of Shame Watch Pod. And yeah, guys, Shame Watch TV on Patreon, The Bachelor. It's getting really cray. So to access those episodes, $2 a month. And our special guest for today, the one who brought us this movie, the one, the only. Jordan Acosta. Hey! <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and uh, bringing you us this so movie. You are so welcome. I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, for bringing us this movie. Uh, thank oh, you for absolutely. that. absolutely. Yes, I birthed it myself. Yeah, uh, tell us a bit about that process. What was uh, being or Efron like? Did you have Ooh. a doula? Did you get an epidural? Was it a water birth? Oh no, this was straight up natural. I have to say, mm, I went through all good, of the good. all of the phases, um, and I'm so glad that I did because, uh, let's see, this movie came out in '98, mm -hmm. and so I was only about, whew, I was a tiny tot, uh, five years six. old. Oh, okay. I was five. Nice. I was five. So. Nice. Um, so yeah, I absolutely couldn't understand anything that was really happening at the time. So sure. fast forward a, a few years in maturation. Uh, this is still around the time that I am I aming is around. Um, oh so yeah, yeah, I remember that. We got AOL, um, and this is how you know preteens flirt. So obviously, I'm I'm watching this film and I'm like picking up pointers of like how do I flirt over instant message, and it is perfect. Um, but of course, nobody understands my Godfather references because nobody has <laughs> watched anything that has to do with Matthew or, or I'm sorry, did I call him Matthew? Michael Corleone. Yeah. So um, anyways, it just made me years ahead of what I should have been. So I was like a 50 year old in like the show. You are mature for your age is what I'm hearing. Definitely precocious yeah. as hell. Way too precocious. Um, I shouldn't have been a fifty-year-old at the time, but you know that's what you've got mail does to you. Yeah, I can say you. like having known Jordan for about ten years now, she's always been wise beyond her years. Oh, that's a high compliment from one of your close friends. Um, that'll be too to determine this episode of Shame Watch if you're too wise for your own good. And that's the theme for today's episode. For those playing at home, uh, let us know. Or not. I don't know. At Shame Watch Pod. At Shame Watch Pod. Uh, tweet at us. Talk with us. Uh, so, Jordan, you brought this to us because you feel some shame with this movie. Can you dig into that a little bit? Why do you feel a little a little shameful? Oh, um, okay. Well, come on. This is like a sort of a hopeless romantic 
movie. I mean, let's start. I, I don't I, see anything wrong with being a hopeless romantic. I, James, I know we being romantic of our Ooh, pod. We, James, I, I, James, I feel yeah. like I've known you for 50 years because I heard that Moulin Rouge podcast. And so I'm like, you know, when you were like hopeless romantic, Moulin Rouge, just yeah. bust out singing oh, uh, yeah. at, a, at a random place in a mall or something. Yeah. So this is a long, this is a non-musical, obviously, but it still has that sentiment of like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, meet in a chat room <laughs> for people over thirty, and you'll fall in love with them. Yeah, it's like very, uh, yeah, it's it's not actually going to happen. Um, so uh, yeah, I I feel shame because I feel like the people who I constantly am like, okay, you need to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. They like just do not get it to the degree that I get it. Okay. Like, liter- <laughs> so, so this is a movie where you share with people, and they go, I I, I don't get it. I- Jonah, I don't, I don't most people yeah and yeah. are these mostly Perhaps guys too. that you show this to or is it also women as well okay well yeah I probably have to say mostly guys yeah so is this is this um, like your test movie because I think we all have test movies that we have when we're like we're trying to like start in a relationship oh god um no i would not do this to somebody if i was starting a relationship no (laughs) it would be like at least come on guys like give them like a couple of months to warm them up to you've got mail because it's just it's it's very deep for a b movie guys (laughs) it is b movie is a strong word i don't think this is is not a b movie really no we haven't covered the b movie yet but we will (laughs) let's let's unpack that kenny why is this not a i'm i'm flipping the tables here and asking you a question and just i'm I'm being audacious i'm being audacious here please be audacious so please uh this film with tom hanks and meg ryan both at the peak of their power. Meg Ryan is America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is coming off of a very rare double Oscar win Whoa. as well. He's won two Oscars by this point, one for Philadelphia, the other one for Forrest Gump. Reteaming up with Nora Ephron uh, after she's kind of had a flop with Mixed Nuts, but their previous film that all three of them had worked together on was Sleepless in Seattle, which was a juggernaut for the rom-com, uh, uh, rom-com genre. Um, and then they come back, and this one knocks it out of the park as well. Uh, and not a, and, and yeah, a a list picture. Uh, I, I think that rom coms definitely get a bad rap because a lot of them, a, a good portion of them, eventually fell into more of the win a date with Tad Hamilton type, as opposed to the Nora Ephron rom coms, mm-hmm. where there is just so much of there, there's just so much wonderful characterization in all of the things that are kind of label rom-coms in her career. And she just does this with so much aplomb. Uh, I mean, she basically redefines what the rom-com can be with When Harry Met Sally. Uh, Yeah. An absolute perfect rom-com, period. I agree. And that, that is why I think that this is an A-list, but I love to be corrected. It's true. But I also oh my agree. god! Wow, that was that was a wonderful speech about how it was not. This is like my perfect dream come to life about how this is not actually a B movie. So that was beautiful. That was that was poetry, and that's um, why he's I, the executive chief archivist. It's true. 
Well, true. unfortunately, not everyone shares my effusive praise as to why this is an A-list movie. Uh, one of the things that I like to do in case for people that have not listened to the podcast is add a little bit of context about why someone might feel shame by pulling up a review about the movie from a professional film critic. Context. In a review titled Male Pushing Your Buttons by Michael O'Sullivan, the Washington Post staff writer published Friday, December 18th, 1998. As I staggered zombie-like out of a screening of You've Got Mail, an insistent voice kept sounding in my head. Must enroll in America Online. Maybe it's not so strange after all. The protagonists of Nora Ephron's new romantic comedy spend so much time either logged on to their email accounts or ordering designer coffee that the film feels like an extended commercial for AOL and Starbucks. In between, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan somehow managed to fall in love despite circumstantial barriers that threatened to prevent them from realizing that they were made for each other. If the cast, director, and plot sound familiar, they ought to. It's Sleepless in Seattle all over again. Except that here, instead of a radio call-in show, it's email that brings the lovers together, and instead of geographic undesirability, it's the fact that they're business rivals that keeps them apart. In 1993, if memory serves, that winning formula went over like gangbusters, and I see no reason why males shouldn't repeat the phenomenal success of Seattle. And yet, and yet, for some reason, this film made me feel like a Christmas goose being fattened for slaughter. Its force-fed diet of whimsy cloyed long before the eagerly anticipated romantic payoff arrived to put me out of my misery. I can only take so much adorable nose scrunching by the adorable Ryan as she pads around her adorable apartment in her adorable little PJs. As Kathleen Kelly, Ryan plays the proprietor of a quaint children's bookstore called The Shop Around the Corner. She dreams of butterflies on the subway and dresses up in princess headgear to read aloud to her wee customers. Her cute AOL address is Shop Girl. As Joe Fox, Tom Hanks plays the dapper scion of the family that runs a chain of book superstores that threaten to put Kathleen's independent shop out of business. He is a fluffy golden retriever named Brinkley and gets along great with kids. His no-nonsense online tag is NY152. For several months now, shop girl and NY152 have been conducting a computer affair, sneaking virtual visits with each other behind the backs of their respective significant others, Greg Kinnear and Parker Posey. Since they have agreed not to exchange any personal information, the keyboard correspondents have no idea that in reality, each cannot stand the other. When will these two crazy kids come to their senses and realize their love was meant to be? Just as there was nothing terribly wrong with Seattle, there's nothing seriously amiss here, especially if you can convince yourself that lurking in the next AOL chat room might be a Tom Hanks or a Meg Ryan and not some drooling 300-pound loser with bad skin. Oof. All right. All right. First off, this is a wonderful movie about love, and I'm for it. Two, I think, hot take, this is way better than Sleepless in Seattle. Wait, okay. So can you repeat the name of the critic so I can send him a scathing letter (laughs) in response to this that was made in 1998? Because I think, okay, here's what I think. Here's psychologically psychologically i'm gonna go like a marissa tomei right now and just go off on this motherfucker okay and I, I i'm gonna be sitting like 1976 buick skylock marissa tomei and say i think this says more about this critic 
than you know like about his personal life he's just like he's like a sad schmuck who like doesn't believe in love okay that's that's my thing okay? i agree i i, 100% I agree, agree with you one of the things that I did try to find is finding a female critic that was especially vicious about this movie because I like to mm. pick the more entertainingly vicious uh, reviews. And the folks that were harshest towards this movie in the most entertaining fashion were, to me, the guys. Maybe that's just my uh, inherent sexism, which is entirely possible. Uh, but this dude just is a big jerky jerk that should just like things. Yeah. So, Kenny, you're so progressive with the, you know, the like my inherent sexism. You don't hear a lot of guys saying, you know, my inherent, like just putting it all out there. Like, yes, it exists. It's there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for the people that cannot, that are not on the Zoom chat, yeah. they will not see the fact that I have tattooed on my forehead a hashtag ally. It's true. Just to make sure that people know where I stand because Kenny looks great. Like, I'm honestly, so progressive. I, I'm I might get one. Ally. You've inspired me. Okay. I'm I don't think you can. In, in my skin. <laughs> you don't qualify, oh, yeah. Olivia. You don't, you don't, you Olivia don't have can... the equipment. You don't have the equipment to qualify. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. You can be an ally if you want to. Yeah. I think women can do anything, Jordan. <laughs> I, they can do I, anything I think a man you're... can, but better. <laughs> Fact. Uh, Kenny, wait, wait, wait. Are you married, Kenny? No, I'm quite single. Okay, well, that was like his pitch for like, you know, if any ladies out there want to go on a date with a very accepting man, <laughs> there we go. Oh. Right out oh. there. All of us on, on, on this pod, like, we are just great people. Speaking of, James and I will be launching a dating spinoff show. And yeah, we were just talking about earlier before we started recording this episode, we were like, you know what? The problem isn't us. It's everyone else. Yeah. Take that, other people. But we're not we're not here to talk <laughs> about Baywatch. We're here to talk about love. And you've got mail. Uh, anyway, this is better than Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, why is that? Why, why I, do you think? Because they are actually communicating with each other. <laughs> with Sleepless in Seattle, it was just a one-sided thing. So it was more like obsessiveness, which is yeah. kind of creepy. Yeah. Sleepless in Seattle is a lot more of a precarious film. I'm not entirely sure if I'm using that correctly. But the 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 way the film is structured is designed to just keep those folks apart as opposed to this where there is a degree of distance, but also these characters are constantly interacting. Like it's crazy mm -hmm. that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were kind of in the 90s pictured as this uh, power screen couple, even though mm -hmm. they only did... Well, they 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 did. They've done four movies together where they've been on screen with each other together, uh, and three of them are Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, and Joe versus the Volcano, where I believe all three yeah. of the them they're kind of romantically entangled. Uh, but Joe versus the Volcano is a very weird movie. Sleepless in Seattle, they don't they literally don't see each other until the literal end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so this is really the only movie where they're actually interacting with each other. And, that's and then there's also good. the fourth movie. What's yeah, fourth I have movie? to agree with I have to agree with James. I think I like You've Got Mail more than Sleepless in Seattle. And it's no disrespect to the latter film. It's just like there's more that's going on and the tension is definitely just there. Well, and it it it, it does a good thing where it shows like 
you have to look past the physical to get to know the person because physically there are rifles and they're on a competing businesses and all that dumb stuff uh but when they actually got to know each other uh through the internet the magic of the internet uh they could actually see each other for the them their real selves and actually connect with one another and there were there was something that i really liked about this movie as well and jordan maybe because you are indeed the expert of this film as yes. we have firmly yeah. established but one of the things that i really like about this movie is that it's got mail yeah there's a lot of mail in this yeah oh yeah sliding into sure. my ims for sure. <laughs> this movie yes. this movie is definitely up there in the amount of mail that there is it's like this Kevin Costner's The Postman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Bruce the lake house. what's the one with the lake house is it the, the lake, lake house? house and they like write notes to each other yeah that, that, that has movie. mail that has mail Jordan knows I'm quite the letter writer, so I obviously oh yeah. oh, oh Olivia Olivia <laughs> let me let me talk a little bit about Olivia in the context of this movie, of course. Um, she is definitely a snail mail lover, oh. Um, oh. And, and so she she is not unlike she is not unlike the original You've Got Mail shop around the corner with Jimmy Stewart and his iconic voice of sounding like kind of a sheepish stuttering man that you know everybody's just like oh i love you because you're sheepish and stuttering and cute and um so that's like shop around the corner um and yeah they they sent snail mail together and and nora efron obviously pays homage to that in this movie and i love that um because you have that old dude who's like oh yeah cecilia her shop around the corner and it just takes me back to jimmy stewart and Mm -hmm. you know um, obviously they didn't know who each other were. And so there's a certain amount of, uh, like James was saying, uh, you have the ability to form a relationship and actually get to like a person Yeah. instead of all of these millennials like myself who are <laughs> like, I am in love. Oh my God. Because, you know, he or she looks amazing, you know, like they could be on the cover of GQ but, you know, it's like, no, this actually, they got to actually know each other through these, be- by the way, beautifully written emails that only Nora Efron could write. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is such I a testament <laughs> to, like, what it is. No, sorry, Olivia, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just going to say, like, I would low-key, all these guys on the dating apps, if you want to know how to impress me and a lot of women... Watch this movie and listen to how Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan communicate via I am. It's just so beautifully written. I don't want to hear another like you up. I mean, or Yo, just you want to like, hang or 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 James, you know, this one when somebody's like, your song's not bad. You want to listen to my SoundCloud? And uh, then I'm like, keep uh, it up. And he's like, are you my groupie now? Uh, no, like that. there's nothing romantic about that. Sounds, that. that sounds like a Lana Del, Del Rey song. Uh, yeah. Are you my groupie now? Um, are you my groupie now? Yeah. In, also the title I, of my sex in, tape. In, <laughs> in defense. Classic. In defense for men. If they no, don't men ask, are stupid. If they don't men are ask, trash, Kenny. I've talked about this. In defense of men, how are they going to know if you up? <laughs> Yeah, we gotta know. Are you up? Yeah, what you don't see is our side of the text, which is just us pacing around, going, "I need to know if she up." I just she's got to be. I don't. 
I don't know. I, she could she could be in a ditch somewhere. I need well, to know. She, so wait, could so be. Tom Hanks, he does he did it by intuition because he instead of sending her an email was like, I had a feeling you'd be up right now. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Touché. Touché, okay. But know? wouldn't that be creepy if <laughs> someone sent you a text at like 10 30 at night saying yeah, I figured you'd be up right now. Want to come over and oh, uh, yeah. have a movie mm, night? Yeah. Mm, that's true. Okay, what if, what Olivia is saying is that she wants a man to write her a text message that says bouquets of sharpened pencils. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. What, yeah. that's what she wants. Because, um, because I am quite the letter writer, so she, nothing turns going, me on more. Going back, going, like, <laughs> drawing a parallel between what I deem to be another B-movie, A Knight's Tale, um, like a, I know, I know, I know. I, know. Wait, 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 wait. I love wait, it. Wait, wait, it's wait. a great oh, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Stay with me. Stay with me. The, one of the one of the lines is, "I want poetry and I want it now." Okay, so like this is just like that where Olivia's like, "I want text message poetry now and it's gonna happen," or I'm gonna say, "Bye bye." So she wants a she wants a Tom Hanks who can do text message poetry. I can write yes. haikus. That's I... my pitch uh, to women everywhere. That's what you get I at the $10 level on Patreon. You get, yeah, you get... that's what you get. I uh, I write haikus every day, every morning. I've stopped recently because of the pandemic, but I'm going to get in the swing of it again. Don't you worry. Uh, my romantic heart will still beat. Beating? Still, still beating. I'll, I'll come up with one. Give me a sec. Yeah, uh, bam. And then Jordan is making a face hugger with her hands. Uh, if I may, <laughs> if I may raise a question to our esteemed panelist, our panelist being Jordan, of course, uh, because this is the second time that you have used the label on B movie on a film that is fairly well received and I think fairly well funded. Which begs the question: What what do you consider B movies? I think. I think maybe I am just a victim of, of society. I'm just a victim of what people have put on me as what a classic B movie is like, which is one of these kind of hopeless romantic, you know, romantic comedies because it is a romantic comedy. So it's like, have you ever seen really a romantic comedy make it to the halls of the Oscars? I mean, just ask yourself that. And I think, um, yeah, I've been superimposed with this like definition of a B movie by society, I am the, I am the victim here, Kenny. Just, oh, I mean, <laughs> for sure. Again, I've got a tattoo that says hashtag ally. Ally, yeah. It's, yeah. it's prevented me from getting a whole bunch of jobs because they're like, please, you're literally throwing your progressivism in our face. Um, <laughs> but I also think that there's a lot of validity to that because I, I think the label rom-com has definitely t taken on a derogatory term, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate and i i think it's also unfortunate that the label of quote-unquote important art is often depictions of some sort of masculine type of suffering you only need to look at the fact that the kind of the typical type of oscar bait if you say oscar bait it's more than likely some sort of world war ii suffering uh narrative where you are just watching people just be in pain and proving how much they can overcome and that does not necessarily guarantee quality i mean look at 1917 for me stinky duty yeah uh, or tenet. except for that except for that last 40 minutes which is gangbusters oh yeah like just like slow motion running through like bombs everywhere yeah for sure yeah uh but that is just yet another example of a filmmaker going look at how big my penis is uh my penis is so big that i'm not only going to make 
this World War One war movie. Uh, I'm also going to make it look like one shot, so this makes it look really difficult. Be impressed by me. And there's something to be said, and these are certainly not original thoughts. I'm stealing this from Blank Check. Uh, but there's something to be said about an excellent souffle, which in Blank Check is what they kind of describe films from Nancy Myers and Nora Ephron, specifically these rom-com types of things, because Nora Ephron also dabbles in things that are not necessarily in the romantic genre, things that are a little bit more acerbic, a little bit more cynical, and those don't necessarily connect as well. And then when Nora returns to a genre like this, you're just like, yes, this, this is wonderful, this is excellent. But it doesn't necessarily get the recognition because there's a lack of manly conflict. Uh, this is coming from the direction of the writing of a woman and an excellent writer. Um, this kind of stuff is really hard to do. This kind of stuff is really hard to do, and it doesn't get enough recognition. The only other rom-com that I can think that got recognition for its artistry is Annie Hall and Woody Allen, Ew. which you just uh, see the rest of his career. Not, no, Woody Allen's not great. They're not, they're not. not having they're not having Woody Allen because of the sexual allegations. Which are important. And, yeah, important. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. the artist, <laughs> maybe a problematic nature aside, you just look at his career as well, and you kind of see him make variations of Annie Hall for the rest of his career. So the specialness of that film alone kind of diminishes, as opposed to Nora Ephron, where mm -hmm. she genuinely kind of pushes herself into different directions. Um, whether those are successful pushes uh, is definitely left up for a debate. You just watch Bewitched and see how much of a hot mess that movie is. Uh, but what she, whenever she's on fire, she she is the best. I amen. That is a wonderful homage to Nora Ephron, and I agree. I I agree in a in a little way with the Woody Allen sentiment. I know Woody Allen is like a, a third rail word, kind of like socialism, right? Um, but... Exactly the same. I think that's one-to-one. -one. Yeah. Woody Allen yeah. Woody is Allen socialism. Allen, yeah, you open the dictionary and his yeah. picture's there. Yeah. Woody <laughs> Allen. Socialism. Socialism see Woody Allen. Yeah. So anyway, but the, but the la-di-da part of that movie in Annie Hall, that's kind of like that light and sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quirkiness. Quirkiness yeah. that Nora Ephron is able to deliver on the screen is unparalleled. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch um, because down to um, Meg Ryan's little creep at the beginning of like checking if, oh, has Frank left the house? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and in combination with the music, which is equally as quirky, which we got to talk about the music, guys, because as small of a factor it may be, I think that's what has me coming back to this movie is you start out with you got two Harry Nielsen songs in mm -hmm. there which which he's an amazing artist that never got enough uh, credit for the kind of work in fact uh, I should say y'all y'all should listen to his album album like about uh, with me and my arrow in it because it's an entire album that goes from one song to the other and tells a complete story with one song being a narration and the next being an actual song. So he tells oh. a complete story. Oh. And so he's a genius um, and he, 
he hung out with the Beatles, uh, John, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, just a genius of that, of that moment. Any of and the so, other Beatles? <laughs> I don't know. George and Ringo, he might've, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He hung out <laughs> with all of them. That's for sure. But, George, you know, George, I, can you go? Wait, the other room. <laughs> it's like George was in the bathroom at the time. I don't know. Yeah. You're right in here. Comes My the sweet sun. lord. <laughs> so, anyways, the the point is like the music. Um, uh, you know, you got the cranberries with dream uh, dreams in there. Um, yes. and every every piece every piece of music seems to fit the scene. And I will um talk about. I think one of the most poignant scenes for me is Meg Ryan um, when she's hanging up the decorations on the Christmas tree and Remember by Harry Nilsson comes on. And it just like, it pokes you right in the heart because whether you're a man or a woman, having your father around or mother around during Christmas was like a super, is a super thing. And, you know, her mother's dead and she's just thinking like, man, I wish I had my mother around right now to, you know, make me a cup of hot cocoa and tell me everything's all right. And for me, that song is just like, I hear that song and I'm like, I'm transported to Christmas and mm -hmm. to those feelings of like family that you never really feel like during the course of the year, really. So that soundtrack is amazing. Um, and I think really a testament of, of why I kind of keep on coming back in addition to the great writing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so I wrote a haiku. <laughs> Ooh, do you want to so do you please read a it taste uh, 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 a Take still a beating heart stops only on your last breath never lose the love is it complete nonsense yes but I wrote it see put that as you know just your, oh, your starting Kenny, you're on, right. on an app I broke one of the rules Kenny <laughs> Ah, oh, Kenny oh, got me. Oh, oh, self-deprecation. Jordan, was, go I ahead was, and pick the charity. I was self-conscious, <laughs> so I was more prone to self-deprecation. Jordan, do you know the rules of the podcast outside of just uh, we're not here to shame your movie? Kenny, go ahead and explain, please. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, and also, <laughs> yes, thank you for giving me permission. Uh, rule so number one, no dunking. We're not here to make fun of art. Unless? Uh, no dunking unless basketballs or donuts. Thank you. Yeah. We're not here to insult art. We're here to try and find why someone might like this piece of art. People work insanely hard on the media that we consume, and they deserve the credit, and they deserve just a little bit of praise, no matter how difficult it might be to swallow. Rule number two, no ironic liking. We're not going to be watching uh, Birdemic. Uh, we're not going to be watching The Room, and we're not going to watch things that are so bad. It's good. We genuinely want to like these things. I genuinely like cats. I genuinely appreciate Oh, my cats. gosh. Never I don't ironically that. like it. I, I, I hate cats. I hate that movie there. so much. It's so <laughs> bad. I hate that, that movie. That episode is still amazing. Uh, rule number three, don't do meth. Just yeah. Don't no, do that's it. rule four. That's rule four. James. Are you blind up to the hype? I'm structuring it to be rule number four. Okay. No self-deprecation. This is a podcast about positivity. And we love you already. That's why you're here. That's why we want to be around you. And you should love yourself as much as we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I was self-conscious about the writing, so I was more prone to self uh, Jordan, where do you want James, me I to donate? It was beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you did it again! No, no we'll just, let's, thank let's you. Give him the bet. Let's Jordan, give him the what, doubt. What, yeah. uh, where would you like me to donate $30 to? Oh, um, the International Rescue Committee. Okay. It's for refugees. Yeah. I will look that up currently. IRC. IRC, baby. IRC. See, we're doing yeah. a lot of good work here on this pod. I do want to bring up something that I haven't really, like, I guess talked about, like, when I talked to somebody about this movie. But, Jordan, you and I talked about dad crushes uh, a few weeks ago <laughs> and how yours, yours was a Dennis Quaid in The Parent Trap. Sorry, I didn't mean to out you. I just wanted to put oh, it out there. Oh, you definitely mine, just did. <laughs> sorry. Well, mine in this movie is Greg Kinnear. <laughs> so, of course, of course. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I had a feeling for some reason you would really like Greg Kinnear in this movie. I love Greg Kinnear. I think, oh, yeah, no, none of us can forget the horn. The horn. <laughs> when he tries to sing, he tries to sing a holiday song in this movie. And like, he's terribly off pitch. And for some reason, I always remember that about Greg Kinnear. Um, wow. How can Greg Kinnear in this movie is actually a, an amazing character because he's not mm-hmm. only an, the, the narcissist journalist of all time, but like he says, the, he says the funniest stuff. <laughs> the hot dog. The, you need oh, yeah. Dog. You're going to shoot quiet all the hot dog you're singing. <laughs> I also like, um, okay, so I've, I've been guilty of um, like, when he and uh, Kathleen are watching his interview on TV and he's getting hit on. But before that, and he's just like, he's basically repeating like the words that he said in the interview. I'm like, that's sometimes me. I'm guilty of doing that when I'm trying to show somebody something. <laughs> oh, honey, we all are. Trust me. When yeah. We, when was- we have a fantastic, you know, uh, dialogue going on, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. So, So what appeals to you about Greg Kinnear in this movie, though? I don't know. I think it's just like, well, one, I think that the breakup that he and Kathleen have is like the most amicable I have ever seen. I wanted to talk about that. That's like the world's best breakup ever. I mean, like, I mean, I've had maybe beautifully done. Yeah. Like I've maybe had like one healthy breakup. And then even then I've never had like an exchange where it's like, so are you in love with anybody else? And just like no and it's just like general laughter like that it's you know even even the best breakups are still awkward and but they somehow just make it so natural and like oh they really genuinely want the best for each other it's it's really refreshing to see we love to see it yeah that's how breakups should be i mean it's hard because uh generally in breakups there's hurt feelings but mm-hmm. uh, in that case, in that instance, it's a perfect example of just both admitting because I, I think relatively they're both like pretty healthy people that they just admit to each other and themselves like, yeah, we're not right for each other. And that's OK, because that's kind of the whole point of dating is like uh, feeling out if you're OK f- or if you're right for the other person. If you're not, that doesn't reflect badly on you at all it just means that connection wasn't right so i really love that breakup more breakups should go like that uh thank you for coming to my ted talk uh next week we'll cover uh Mm. why you should be a hopeless romantic 
Uh, Baywatch, James. Baywatch. Save it for save it for the pod. It's yeah. a very adult approach to ending a relationship, I think. Uh, and also, this is just the type of movie that they really don't make anymore, which is just a movie for strictly adults. Yeah, I think I think kids could watch it as well, but also like adults, like the, that's the target. Nora but Ephron can, is writing for adults. But can we talk about how um, he falls in love with? Well, okay, he doesn't fall in love, but he has a crush on the lady that's interviewing him. And she's a Republican. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> not to reveal, no. yeah. not to reveal yeah. my political, you know, I'll go um, for it. predisposition We're... here. No, but no, if there are like... Republicans listening to this podcast, go. <laughs> but the I don't fact, want but, you here. But the fact that Frank in the movie theater is like, I forgive you for not voting. And then yeah. 20 minutes later, he's like, yeah, I think I might have a thing for the Republican talk show host <laughs> <laughs> that I flirted with on national television. Yeah. It's like beyond me. I'm like, what? Weren't you just saying you forgive Scott? But that's the whole point is that sometimes I think with this movie, especially you can have kind of very opposite people that um just are good for each other and i think meg ryan and and tom hanks come from a place of understanding first mm -hmm, which makes mm -hmm. for a good recipe but yes. they are very different in the fact that he's like monday wednesday thursday friday <laughs> he's like his bible is the godfather and her bible is pride and prejudice mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. could you get any more different than a mobster movie and elizabeth bennett and darcy like duking it out over like the fact that they're both pride, you know, prideful and prejudiced, which mm -hmm. is, is this movie pays a lot of homage to, to be honest. Yeah, There's yes. a lot of parallels there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just a lot. <laughs> Kenny, where are you writing in the uh, text of Richard Pride and Sergeant John Prejudice? Okay. <laughs> also, Dave Chappelle is in this movie. I love seeing Dave Chappelle. I love Dave Chappelle so much. And do you know where he lives, everyone? Ohio. Close oh to Bowling Green, Ohio. That's right. The two hill town. He lives near it. Do, we, think... do we really like Dave Chappelle though? Yes. Do I we... love his I love his prince. His prince his prince oh. impression. <laughs> he has a really good friendship with John Mayer. So um, I Oh, I, of course I like you that. have to love him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if if I may read this piece of trivia that I pulled from IMDb, because I did do my role as executive chief archivist, and Jordan, please stop me if you've heard about this, about why Dave Chappelle is in this movie. Okay. Oh my God, I did read this. Okay, I know that. I think I know. This. Jordan, I think it you should tell this instead. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I may be. <laughs> I may be wrong though. I think. He turned down the role of Bubba, the the shrimp guy <laughs> in Forrest Gump. And then it was like he uh, was offered again something with Tom Hanks. And he was like, yes, because I missed out on Forrest Gump. Um, so I don't know if that's correct, though, Kenny. That is indeed the story. Wow. I didn't know nice. that. Which is why Dave Chappelle is quizzically in this movie. <laughs> I think he's great. I think so it's random. great. I love Dave Chappelle. He's awesome. 
Go Dave Honestly, Chappelle. so like the the scene where um he and uh and Tom Hanks's character get ready to like walk up to the cafe where Kathleen is. Um that dynamic where like Dave Chappelle is the one like looking through the window first. Oh, yeah. That's the dynamic that Jordan and I very much have. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> like like we would do that for each other, no doubt. <laughs> I, I literally could see myself um, looking for Olivia and being like, yeah, he could be a real dog. He could be a real? Oh, he could be a real dog. I don't know. And, and, me even, and me even putting her in suspense being like, oh, wait. Oh, I think I see him. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. A waiter's blocking. I'm sorry. Oh. And I would be, I would be like, oh. come on, Jordan, <laughs> and her and her literally shaking a fence being like what is it oh my god he had to be he had to be a beautiful human being blah yeah. blah blah oh totally that is our dynamic olivia that's a one that was a wonderful insight <laughs> it's true we're forever um what do we call them um wing mams wing, wing mams not wing mams wing mams yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I have to ask. So, did mm-hmm. everybody on this, you know, in this episode, this this chat right now, have an aim? And if so, what w- like what was your username? Soccer oh, feet. S O C C E R F E T E. Because people oh. mispronounce my last name as feet sometimes <laughs> instead of fight. And I played soccer, so it felt very fitting. And then. I remember uh, getting the AOL I am tag profile of a girl in eighth grade. Uh, she went to a different school than me. Mm. And, uh, we would Ooh, chat nice. after school and then we went to a movie and then I was like, hey, would you consider us dating? And she said, no, it was awesome. <gasps> it was my first heartbreak. Oh, I haven't forgotten it. What? Wait, what songs did you play in the background to get over that? Uh, I just watched a lot of Scrubs. The TV show. And also, you could have played No Scrubs, which is what I played after my <laughs> recent bad date. Thanks to Jordan. It was Jordan's request, actually. Nice. Kenny, how about yeah. you? What was what was your username? If I could request to go last. Okay. I'll tell you all <laughs> um, So my my like email um, was purple ravioli because Perfect. purple is my favorite color and like my family calls me Oli, so ravioli like rhymed, you know. Oh. And so, but on AIM, stupid AIM, purple ravioli was already taken, oh. bitch. And so <laughs> I, I, I am purple raviolis. I added an S. <laughs> nice, perfect. Plural, plural. Yeah, yeah. Naturally. Oh. Okay. Well, I, I guess it's my turn. Um, I was, I believe, I was. Lionheart 9999 because of Final Whoa. Fantasy 8. Wait, wait. I loved. You play you play Final <laughs> Fantasy? Oh, 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 hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. 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 Big, 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 huge you... fan. And 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 and, and, and yeah. yeah, I love I, I just ate up the this the squall brooding uh thing and I was just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm super into this. So um, yeah, yeah, I went through I went through that phase for for a good long time in middle school, and so that was reflected in my aim for sure. Uh, so. I, I have follow up questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> if the Go court ahead. will allow allow me, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Oh, uh, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny's the Kenny's the judge here. Yes. Well, well everyone. We, we all. Yeah. Yeah. If, we're if we're a democracy. Five are granted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I I think I heard it from Kenny and Olivia Jordan. Do you approve of my sidebar? I, I approve. I don't know. Okay. If okay. okay. <laughs> Kenny's like, um, go on. <laughs> I approve. Uh, uh, this, I don't Granted. mean this in a gate. Thank you. Uh, in a gatekeeping way. I'm just more uh, curious. Like what's your final favorite final fantasy game? Are you a fan of kingdom hearts? If so, let's do game watch. Yeah. Okay. 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 So here's the thing. Um, final okay. fantasy eight will always hold the top place in my heart. Sure. Um, just because listen to this okay it had it literally had war and conflict mm -hmm. it had people in space sure. it had time compression it mm. had a castle it had everything a fantasy crazy person like me would ever want <laughs> whereas final fantasy 7 was just like oh i'm a mercenary trying to protect mm -hmm. the planet yeah. i'm so great i'm an environmentalist that can use a sword cool <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII explores like everything else in the middle. Okay. Time compression. Yes. That's all I got to say. And I don't care how many people shit on Final Fantasy VIII. That is like the B movie of the Final Fantasies. <laughs> and I will defend Another it B -movie. for all of time. Sure. Sure. Uh, 10 was great too. Very hopeless romantic. You yeah. know, like can't, can't be with the person you love. Oh no. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah, it's sad. Um, but Final Fantasy VIII had actually a happy ending for all of its brooding and all of its like whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Very middle school. It, the uh, end. Yeah. It's like Squall and Renoa be like dancing, and I'm like, I'm all here for it. I'm Hell like, yes, yeah. Transformative love. That is what you've got. Mail is about. It's transformative yeah, it, love. Exactly. You got, yeah. you got Tom Hanks being Mr. Darcy, like kind of this asshole business professional. Like, yeah, I make a lot of money. And then you got Kathleen Kelly, like, you are so arrogant. I'm not even for it. She even, can we talk about that scene where she like obliterates him? Oh my word? God. And that was horrible. Yeah. Even, yeah. even me, even me with my, like, uh, I can be scalding sometimes. I can be very can. blunt, but, but, but he was, she was like, you're nothing but a suit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah. that, that hurt. That very much hurt. So I'm just saying Final Fantasy eight and you've got mail have a lot of parallel. <laughs> yeah. They both explore the power of love and how they can transform you. Uh, oh my gosh. We may need to, we may need to ask her about the Godfather Shrek question then. I Wait, mean, oh, you've please. already, what is go ahead, Olivia is okay. Well, um, will the court uh, uh, grant yeah, me permission granted. for another sidebar? Yeah, okay. Granted, granted okay. but I warn you counselor tread lightly. <laughs> Okay, yes, because I know I know Aaron also is not a fan of this question. It's a <laughs> bad right. question. Okay, question. but it's also oh, an amazing question. It's, We're it's divided funny. on this issue. Please, yeah. please, please. All right. Um, so would you say that Shrek, the Shrek franchise, is the godfather of our generation? Yes. Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a simple That's question. A that is not a simple question. It's a simple question with an even <laughs> simpler answer. Ay, ay, ay. How did you even draw that kind of parallel? What what drug were you on? 
Was it the Shrek the Musical episode, James? I don't remember. It's gotta be, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I think so. So our 100th episode was Shrek the Musical because James's favorite movie is Shrek, and that's the episode that started this whole pod. It's my so biggest shame I, watch, I'll say. So I made I made the argument like that it could it's probably the godfather of our generation because Absolutely. it's one, it's it's quotable just like the godfather. Mm-hmm. Two, you can make the argument that there's a debate whether or not the first or the second one are like the better movie. It's true. And then the third one, I know there's technically four movies in Shrek, but like the third and fourth ones are shit. Yeah. There, ergo, the godfather okay, of um... our generation, of the millennial generation, Shrek is the godfather. I don't, I don't know because I think that the third godfather movie does get a lot of shit. And there are parts of the third one that I do like. There Get are, it, Jordan. There, it's great. There, there are parts. There are parts that I feel like have been obliterated. It, it, it's so, complicated. So, but but the point is, the third one isn't as bad as I think everybody thinks. Sophia Coppola is objectively bad. She is. Oh, yeah. Her, she's not an actress. But she, everything she else in that the movie. Guy, she dates the guy from Phoenix and actually happens to be a very good director because I did love Lost in Translation. That was a great fucking movie. Um, and Bill Murray, you couldn't have gotten better casting with that movie. Uh, Scar- Scarlett Johansson. I wish that I could see Scarlett Johansson in more movies like that now. Um, we won't even bring up Match Point because of Woody Allen. I know not to go there. Ew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gross. He's a gross person. Yes. So. so we're getting like mixed signals on. on okay, we need a final Shrek. Shrek. Jordan. The, the Shrek. Uh, um, okay, I I will give it to you on quotability. Yes, um, it's definitely very quotable. What a caveat! <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's a yes with you know an what? asterisk. You know what? I'll take Wait. it because I do have I do have a transition here. So this movie, you've got mail, which is the episode we're actually doing this movie on. Yeah, we are talking about you've got mail. Yeah. Yes, again, the movie we're talking about is You've Got Mail. So this movie has one of the best memes in recent memory, and it's when Tom Hanks is sitting at the computer, and he's like, he's like, he blows his fingers, and then (laughs) gets ready to send. And the meme is like, you know, like bank account is like two dollars. <laughs> it's like concert festival tickets, four hundred dollars. <laughs> you the meme. <laughs> like yeah. This uh, movie, yeah. This movie does kind of capture, at least for me, I don't know about you folks, the kind of performative nature that I take on whenever I'm typing stuff. I very much find myself acting out the words that I'm typing. I I I get into it. Mm-hmm. That you you know what Kenny I love that um, because that whole scene that Olivia just described is full of that because you have you have Tom Hanks saying like oh uh, can I give you some advice is it about love please say no and she's like oh my god how cute is that <laughs> that's me I'm like oh he's asking oh that must mean he really likes me and then. And then she's like, she's like, oh my God, what is it with the Godfather? And literally the next pan is like, he's like, um, hello, it's the, it's the Godfather, <laughs> which just to me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to create like this, the, you know, the mysticism of me, male and female dichotomy, but 
when I was young, and obviously I didn't know a lot about the world, I saw a lot of differences in how like men tend to act and how women tend to act. And that's, that is so ever present. I feel like in this movie, especially with the Godfather quotes, it's like, all, all men know the Godfather. Now, is that true? It's like, I know women absolutely know the Godfather. But in this movie, it just made it more quirky to like, draw some of those, like, those little dichotomies of like, yeah, Kenny. <laughs> may, may I ask a question of the shame court? Granted. Permitted. Granted. Uh, if you're on a dating profile, is there a deal breaker piece of pop culture that will immediately make you go, nope? Not, uh, it's not a pop culture thing, but the uh, trend I see when I use dating apps was, I love three things. I love Jesus, wine, and my dogs. Oh gosh, I did have that at one point. Um, but like, come on, no, but like, no, I know, but like way back in the day when I was like an just like a naive basic b now i'm a self-aware basic b see that's better see yeah no okay so for me and this is no disrespect to the office because i love the office but anytime a guy puts any kind of reference to michael scott (laughs) like jim jim looking for my pam or i'm sorry that is like that is the that is just like the basic like dude profile it's an automatic left for me because it's like okay yes the office is great but i want to know like okay are you into parks and rec are you into 30 rock are you into brooklyn 99 like ah uh, brooklyn you know, 99 hell yeah yeah, yeah. are you into ted lasso yeah. like ted lasso yeah Phenomenal so movie. show i'm in it so uh, yeah it's just it just it's like come on have a little bit more creativity than that and that's why i stopped putting on my profiles like from years ago, like, oh, like, I love friends. You know, I do love friends, but, like, that's the basic girl response. Um, I only bring up The Bachelorette, like, when we start getting into the chat, because obviously there's a tie to this show and the spinoff show. But, yeah, uh, to answer your question, Kenny, mine would be The Office. I just yeah, get I, I accidentally put Rick and Morty on Oof. my dating profile for a while because I like that that's show. Not, that's not a bad thing. It's it not does, a bad thing, but... It does have connotation, though. It's got connotations, which what I definitely... It? Uh, man, children jumping on the McDonald's counter, going, "I want my Szechuan sauce." Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, right, right, right. Which yeah, yeah. definitely not me. And Dan Harmon also hates Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, it's he, gr- I love how Dan Harmon hates this, hates those fans. I mean, because they're, they're also like the other fans who uh, actually get the show. Because I think there's two fandoms of Rick and Morty. The the ones that kind of you just described that like understand a very surface level value we're like oh rick's an alcoholic and that's cool he doesn't give a shit and then there's the actual like people who understand what dan Harmon's writing and what the writing team what they're writing uh and the point of it and how uh being rick isn't cool and how uh, self tendency uh describes mm-hmm. destructive tendencies are silly and unnecessary uh, speaking of things not being cool, Jordan, deal breaker pop culture. Oh God, um, overly, I think overly like uh, trying to be too bohemian. I think is a little bit of a deal breaker, um, just because it's like, oh yeah, like I, you know, I I smoke weed and I I don't drink and like I'm just like I'm just a chill person and it's like if you feel the need 
to overcompensate by saying all of this then i'm yeah. like probably not are chill you, are you really yeah. are you really but i have to like agree with olivia where it's just like oh my god all these shows that everyone and their sister has watched like i'm pretty sure now the thing is bridgerton which mm-hmm. to oh me my is god soft, it's softcore porno porno, and i'm like i can just see it now in the lights all of the little people out there being like i just want to find a fiery passionate love like in bridgerton and to me i'm like no i'm like you've got mail i'm like no i want to find somebody that i'm like fucking real with and it's not all all about bridgerton is great suspenseful like held up like you know, thinking about sex all the time. And I'm like, sex is great. Everybody likes it. But, yeah. you know, you want to identify with somebody and, mm-hmm. and be able, they do elicit a little bit of poetry out of you. I think the people, the person that you're made for ultimately does make you elicit these these um, well-worded phrases out of you because it just it just happens. It, you know, they're your muse in a way, but not mm-hmm. in like a health, unhealthy Woody Allen way. Gross. Yeah. No, but like I could say, (laughs) no, I, you know what I can, you know what I like to go to your point about like eliciting like such great words, like out of you. I mean, as a songwriter, I've written songs about all of these like past loves and everything. So I can only imagine what my music will be like when I meet the right person, you know, and that, that gets me excited and that gets me hopeful. Yeah, you know, so, you might you might um, just make your first your first huge hit, honestly. Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Also, we haven't talked about guys. Um, we are Steve Zahn fans on this. Oh show. yeah, Steve Zahn. <laughs> Steve Zahn is in this movie, and it's amazing. Why Why do I feel like? either one of you guys might relate to his line about as far as I'm concerned, the internet is just another way of being rejected by a female. That's, yes. James. That's why I'm <laughs> not on the dating apps. That's exactly why. Cause it's, it's pointless. They're just going to say no again. I'm oh my gosh, no, with- way better in person where I can talk with you and actually be a person. I'm terrible over a screen and uh, listen they're just gonna say no they never swipe right on me proven fact i have data james we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna enroll you in my thirst trap camp though i don't want to be on the apps that's true that's true i i currently hate it right now it's it's a barren landscape yeah but i do i do want to say um speaking of you know online you know romance and whatnot the exchange when they talk about cyber sex oh my god i tried cyber sex once Oh, I was gonna say one of one of Olivia. I believe one of your favorite actresses is in Miss Congeniality, and it happens to be the chick who who plays Miss Rhode Island, right? Yes, Heather Burns. Yeah, I never realized. I never because I met her. She is a brunette in this movie, not Rhode Island blonde. So I completely didn't figure it out until I heard her voice, and I was like why does that voice sound so familiar? It's like this light little dainty thing. And I was like, oh my God, she's the April, whatever, what April 5th is like the best date because it's like not hot, not cold. Oh yeah, April yeah. April 25th, yeah. <laughs> no, she, no, when she was just like, once you do that, they just lose all respect for you. And then you have- um, <laughs> The old lady- <laughs> She's like, I tried cyber sex once and I kept getting a busy signal. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, Gene that's Stapleton. a that's a good transition to like uh something I want to talk about, which like this is such a good like time period piece in a weird way because mm-hmm. I mean this is such early stages of the internet because you have people constantly going, oh the internet, huh? That's not gonna stick around, or I'm not impressed with that thing, or even like you better be extra careful. Which yes, you should always be careful on the internet, but like back then, it I I I love it because it's just like so like oh uh you don't know what's gonna happen there's also a great buffy uh episode about the internet which i love where the internet comes alive as a robot monster and tries to uh kill willow great episode uh check it out uh but i just love that time period of the late 90s early aughts where it's just like yeah we have this internet thing we don't know what it is so i I just love that's a little time capsule that dial-up oh. music, though. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> and being like, Mom, don't be on the phone. I have to go on the internet. Like, I want to go on sisters, they don't, they don't, my two sisters don't know, like, the struggle. Actually, my my sister, Miranda, who's 22, might have remembered that. But Sabrina, who is totally Gen Z, like, she does not understand. The, there was a period of time where, like, I couldn't go on the internet because, like, my mom or dad would be on the phone and... It would Why would their cell phones uh, interfere with the internet, though, Olivia? You know, it was the house phone. What's like, a house phone? Landline. Landlines. Landlines. Well, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't understand. What, what's a landline? I, I have a cell phone <laughs> right here. I don't, yeah. What's a landline? It's, oh, man, it's this, like, prehistoric thing where mm-hmm. you talk. Yeah, yeah, you talk to people, and it's all, like, connected to your house. What? Well, Oh, okay. Well, why won't you just text to- them through? Oh, I'll end the bit. Yeah, go go ahead, Jordan. Can we can we talk about though? Yeah, like that first scene, of course, with with all of that, like whatever you could call that animation. It was like I felt like I was in Gumby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna see Gumby. Running. <laughs> and then it turns into like the real person running, and then you have the dial-up, right? And I was just like, whoa her internet was way more reliable than mine was. Like, it's like, it happened within like two seconds. I was, like, I was waiting yeah. for like 10 minutes. That was like unrealistic. It, no, I was, it was just like, no. Like 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. So yes, Kenny. what's beautiful. up, Kenny? My deal breaker pop culture is, <laughs> is the Big Bang Theory. Oh. Okay, yes. Yeah, no, totally. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Because they're not. They're not the pleasant type of nerds if they really like Big Bang Theory, probably. Or if they're bragging about liking Big Bang Theory because they, I don't know, they're probably gatekeeper and stuff. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You also, you also, also didn't like, tell I, us your aim name. Correct, yes. Uh, did you just turn up the volume on me? Uh, Jordan was pointing... Uh, oh no! I was, uh, enthusiasm. No, I she kidding. has her phone. It did. Yeah. It did look like she was trying to turn oh, no. up. I can talk louder. Now no. I. Now I'm turning it up though. Um, yeah, absolutely. What's your aim? Uh, or what? Uh, so my. <laughs> uh, this is embarrassing. My original aim name was Phoenix Lives. <laughs> Sorry. But with a Z, and not oh. where you think the Z would go. It was after the X. What Phoenix lift? <laughs> oh, Kenny, I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. 
What, were you no were at, you a huge X Men fan or, or No, what? I just thought it sounded cool because I made up this fake character. <laughs> I don't even know what the context was of it, but I made up this fake character named Phoenix Agamemnon. Oh, that sounds tight. Yeah, I know. It's a very cool junior high name. Sounds kinda uh, like an archmage of some sort. Yeah. Do you and have the- fan fiction? Because we've read fan fiction on this podcast. Oh, Calabar's <laughs> Revenge? Are we going to dig that oh up again? God. No, no, we're not going to do that. No. Oh, I know, I know. Such, so great. And Jordan, then I listened to the fanfic, Brink episode. The after. Brink episode. And then I changed my name. I forget why, but I changed it to El Diablo Suizo, <laughs> which it translates to the Swiss devil. Naturally. Naturally, yeah. Because uh, I thought that that was funny. Love it. Uh, but yeah, Big Bang Theory, Phoenix Libs, and El Diablo Suizo. I guess I just have a thing for Zs. Or Zeds, as our friends across the pond might say. That's true. Yeah. They do say that. All right, friends. Do we have anything else to to talk about before we go to Kenny's favorite game? The podcast's favorite game? Oh, no, the I podcast's fourth favorite game. That's right. So I, ha- I just want to say that I was so glad that Jordan also picked this movie because... This movie I first saw when I was little at my grandma's house, and it was one of the few VHS tapes she had. And so, um, yeah, just now, just like, yeah, just I I love watching it because it reminds me of her and um, just one of those movies that just like already gets your heartstrings like by Mm -hmm. watching it. But just association wise, like I just love this movie. I love Nora Ephron, love Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks. It's great. We haven't even talked about Parker Posey. Oh, yeah. My future wife. We're going to get married. Nice. Uh, Parker Posey, who is the best. Everything that she is in, she is always the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker Posey, the best thing in New Girl. And that's a show I love already. Who was she in New Girl? She was, uh, she was, I, I guess, Shots Girl. When Jess was also a Shot Girl. Parker Posey oh, was a Shot Girl. Okay, okay, okay. Um... Uh, the Christopher Guest movie, she's excellent in that. She's great in this movie. She's really great at being obnoxious. Um, and then number two, the first time that I saw this movie is the first time that I was ever in New York City whenever I was 15. Oh. Uh, and even though I grew up in a double wide trailer in Northeast Oklahoma in Northeast Oklahoma, my father also, or my grandfather also had a 35 foot trimaran yacht that he would sail up and down the Atlantic coast. And the first time that I ever went to New York city was staying on his boat in the Harbor of New York city, watching this movie as my grandfather's wife was like, watch this movie. It's a little bit of New York. And I think that you're going to like it. And I did like it. It's definitely like this movie, like, one of the biggest characters of this film is New York City. You know, it's it's just so just of its of it, like it just doesn't get any better. Like I watch this movie. I've actually never been to New York. And every time I watch this movie, I always just want to go. And I love it. Uh, what do you got to do whenever you get to New York? First up, you got to get a slice you gotta go get a slice as soon as you step off the plane. You gotta go grab a slice, baby. Yeah, I get a slice. Of I that do want to get a slice. Uh, I am very hungry. Maybe that's what I'll eat today instead of cooking. A slice of za. Yeah, gonna get me some za. From where? Uh, I'm probably gonna do Marco's Pizza because that Where's was that? 
Uh, it's there's a uh, out by um, uh, uh, Cedar Park, right? That's the thing. Um, yeah, right. Anyway, uh, it, it was a good pizza place in Bowling Green, Ohio, because it started, I think, in Toledo. I'm not sure, though, uh, but it reminds me of my hometown and they have the best cheesy bread. So I was very mm-hmm. happy to know that there is one here that I can eat to my heart is content. Y'all were talking about Parky Parky Parky. <laughs> yeah, Parky Park. Parky Park. Parky Park. Parky Park. Um, and I gotta say, my favorite line from her in this movie is probably okay. It's like between two, and I think I have to say, "Where's my Tic Tacs in the elevator?" Because it's just <laughs> the perfect. Iconic. It's perfect. Perfect. Where? Ah, where's my Tic Tacs? <laughs> um, the problem is that as deep of a thinker as I like to think I am I could definitely see myself having a part of me that's like that um (laughs) saying where's my tic tacs at the wrong time and then the second thing is like her what what did she say oh yeah at the party with the caviar and everything she like comes up right behind Tom Hanks and she's like Frank is like oh how do you sleep at night being a big cash cow putting out this small business and she's just like, oh my God, I use a wonderful <laughs> pill called Ultra Dorm. And it's just amazing. I'm just like, I'm like, I love this woman. She's like so irreverent and I love mm-hmm. it. And it's unapologetic. It's, it's like the modern woman in a way. I don't know. <laughs> it's great. It's great. So yeah, that's my take on Parker Posey. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of valid points. I'm leaving it up to you to see who gains the most points in the podcast's fourth favorite game, the Rotten Tomatoes game. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Boom, da, boom, boom, splat. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a survey of how many people liked it. Today, I will be asking four questions to our panelists. Whoa! Four questions. Uh, the first two questions being our typical critical score and audio score questions, and two mystery questions where you will be playing mm. for all the marbles. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, first off, starting with our critical score out of 89 professional critic reviews, and starting with Jordan, what do you think the approval rating is for You've Got Mail? Oh, oh the critics, the critics. The critics. Um, okay, I'm going to go, this like hits me as like maybe a 70 percentile but let me give you a number um i'm gonna say 72 72 just gonna go with 72 okay uh why 72 um actually it might be lower than that i don't know um i'm just i'm just trying to see if uh i think hopefully like i think hearkening back to the beginning when kenny you were making your argument about this is not a b movie Mm -hmm. i'm trusting you in you having said that and gonna think that maybe critics maybe critics held the same kind of view um and saw the the good things in this movie enough uh so i'm gonna 
that, there so, you go. There now, you go. Jordan, you Let's did see. say that you think this might be lower. Usually, I would hold our panelists to a locked-in guess of 72. But since you are our guest, I will let you have mm. one free score adjustment if you so choose. I am not requiring. Okay. I am just offering that option. Okay. All right. In that case, I think I'm going to go with 67. 67. We'll go, we'll go a little bit lower. Okay. 67%. There you go. Jordan, That's me. certainly. Stole uh, my answer. Lioness. <laughs> oh. oh, shoot. I'm so sorry, James. <laughs> Apologize. I see your game. Hey, now you now you can go down one. No, I, I see I see what game you're playing. I see it. Uh, but I'm not asking James, uh, much like a white man, to try and interrupt the other person yeah. while she's making the I'm guess. I'm right Lioness? all the time, and I want people to know. What is your guess, Miss Lioness? You know, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic here. I'm going to say 86%. 86%. Uh, that's far more optimistic than Jordan's assessment. Why? I don't know. I think it's just because maybe just a movie around that around that time with the internet, you know, just like actually becoming a thing. But more importantly, I think people are big fans of Nora Ephron, and especially when you get a pair of actors and actresses who have worked together previously, like that's going to in in their chemistry, like is just very good. I think mm -hmm. that critics probably liked seeing them on screen on screen again. So I'm going to say 86. 86. Mr. Fight. Okay. This is not how I feel about the movie. But here are the elements I'm thinking about. There's a lot of men in this industry at the time reviewing movies. Uh, 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 and generally those men are toxic and don't want to uh, be engaged on an emotional level. And uh, as you said, Kenny, like uh, that review was from a man and clearly did not enjoy it. So I'm going to say 43%. 43%. I think it's much higher. Uh, Olivia being an optimist, James being a pessimist, and Jordan I, being I, somewhere in the middle. I'm the grumpy one. And Jordan, you are closest without going under if you had stuck with your first guess. But oh. that means that Olivia is now closest without going under. Uh, uh. The correct answer was, in fact, the very first number that you said, Jordan, 70%. Whoa. Thought, wow. Holy shit. Holy shit. Well, that just tells you, folks, do not be cynical about love. Do not be cynical about love. But just prove yep. Get that, James? Yep. Listen, be it's been 28, 28 hard years. All right. <laughs> all right. I, I still have my hopeless romantic heart. It's still in there. But I Don't have to lose guard it. it. I have to Don't guard it. Don't lose that love. Speaking of hopeless romantic heart, uh, 462,469 audience reviews are waiting on your judgment to see if they are hopeless romantics or helpful cynicals. Starting with Mr. Fight, what do you think the audience rating is for you? You've got mail. 89%. Damn it. Wow. Certainly. Uh, because love. Yes. Jordan? Hmm. Well, I think that the audience ratings tend to be a lot, well, not a lot, but higher than the critics' ratings because there's a lot, there's a lot of pretentiousness there. Um, so... <laughs> 
but I don't know if I would go that high. I don't know if I can I can make myself go to eighty nine. I'm gonna go to eighty eight. That's what I'm Y'all gonna do. Suck. That's the game. That's I'm going to Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going there. All right. All right. I'm going there. All right. This is a numbers game. Certainly. It's a numbers game. Why Ness? Uh, well, y'all took the numbers that I was like thinking seriously. <laughs> so y'all, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna actually stick with my previous answer, and I'm gonna say 86. percent 89, 88, 86. All three of you staying very close, but only one of you is closest without going under. Once again, it is Olivia. The correct answer is 73. percent Are you kidding me? Uh, wow. those, uh, those audience out yes. I know. Oh, thank yeah. you yeah. yes so, I'm so disappointed in them this is where things can get interesting because we have two mystery questions mm-hmm. if Olivia gets one of the one more of these right she wins what does she win nothing yeah. I'm still gonna ask that last question <laughs> as you might have noticed oh no a prominent feature in this film is the browser America online. What version is used in this movie? Oh, shit. Lioness. Wait, what was the question? What is the AOL version used during this movie? Oh, like... (laughs) This is an unfair I don't like this. It was probably in tiny little digits. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) AOL 1.0069. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'll throw in 69. I'll give you this one hint. It's just going to be a single number. Oh, okay. No no points. Oh. But I'm going to make your guess be 1. Yeah. Well, too late cuz it's the like... first number that you said. <laughs> Fine. Mr. Fight. 6. <laughs> Why six, James? I don't know. It feels like an AOL six. Sure. Uh, Jordan. 2.0. 2.0. Now, because we are playing this with the Price is Right reverse rules, it is closest without going under. Uh, Mr. Fight, you are closest without going under. <laughs> it paid it off. AOL version wow. 4. Ooh. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Version 4. So now oh, there is God. a fight going on against oh, Olivia God. from James Fight. And perhaps this could bring things in a tie. What else is new? This happens like every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Final question. As Jordan mentioned earlier, You've Got Mail is a remake of a film called Shop Around the Corner. Counting both You've Got Mail and Shop Around the Corner, how many official adaptations of this story are there? Who are you starting with? Who do you want me to start with, James? Start with me. All right, Jordan, uh, what do you think? (laughs) The answer is without going under. I oh, I don't want to answer this question. Um, okay, do versions include? It's just limited to film. Is that correct? Or, it is not limited like, to film. Mm-hmm, ah, mm-hmm. That's what okay. I thought. Well, you That's see, there there is a specific origin point, and the one hint is that that origin point is in the twentieth century. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with four, just like the AOL version. <laughs> and so let's go with that. Let's do that. That is a guess. It is a guess. Mr. Fight? Seven. <laughs> Very confidently coming out seven. Lioness. Okay, so are we counting like the actual movie we're covering today as an adaptation? We are indeed. Yeah. Okay. I'm Spoiler gonna say alert, this film is an adaptation. What? What? Okay. What? What? Okay, so I'm going to say three, and I'm going to say this movie, the one with Jimmy Stewart, and then I'm going to say it was based off of a book. Yeah, I, I saw it was based off either a book or a short film in the opening credits, but I'm assuming more people did it. So, Kenny, please tell but me I'm it right. It would be I full circle if... If, yeah, if this was ad adapted from a book, you know, yeah. this is a very book central movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So I'm going to say three. Final yeah. answer. Jordan, you'll be happy to know that this game is tied up because James is closest without going under. Yes. Yes. The correct answer is five. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Based of course, off of the of Hungarian play. <laughs> which in translated to English is called Parfumery. Uh, this was- Hungarian. Uh, I thought you said Aryan play. I was like, we have a problem here. Yeah, we need a back away. <laughs> no, uh, Hungarian. Hungarian, okay, that was acceptable. It was adapted into obviously the shop around the corner and it was also adapted into a musical starring Judy Garland called In the Good Old Summertime. And then another stage adaptation called She Loves Me before finally getting translated into mm. You've Got Mail. That makes sense. Yeah. I knew it was more than just a book. I just knew it. I did not know Hungarian would come. And neither did I. That was a curveball, <laughs> but, but I knew it'd be a weird was. number. Oh, man. Good job. Good job, Ooh, James. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. I try really hard. Thank goodness. Great, great questions, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank goodness the tyrant Olivia did not run away with the podcast yet again. I mean, I've done it several several episodes. Certainly, her power has been kept at bay. <laughs> don't don't we need don't we need a tiebreaker for the tiebreaker? Oh, uh, in sure, yeah, I got this. Um, do, 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 let me get a timer up. What? I mean, of course, as we've established, whenever there is a tie, we have a tiebreaker. Sure. Uh, so, I am putting. 59 seconds on the clock. Oh, no. Why? Oh, you and... should put 69 seconds. Ah. Yeah, you got it. 69 <laughs> seconds on the clock. At a time test. And. Uh, sorry. One. Oh, this is hard. One. Also, minute. while you're while, while you're make, like getting the timer adjusted, I do want to say this movie made me miss like go, going to bookstores because, you know, as we all know, like brick and mortar. Mm -hmm shops are like they're the ones that are going out of business uh, to online so i just felt like we hadn't talked about that i thought it was really interesting yes uh, yeah i mean it, it it reminded me of barnes it was barnes and nobles all over again mm -hmm. watching this film it's like oh god yes walking into the cafe and like you know uh there i don't know back home in san antonio olivia there was the one um, at La Cantera that had two floors. Oh, yeah. So it really, it was very reminiscent of that. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. This yeah. Is, this is awesome. It, made, it makes me want to go 
into a physical bookstore, although they couldn't anticipate COVID. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like touching all of the books too. Cause I'm oh. the kind of person who would like oh, get a book and then read it and not buy it. Guys, I actually do have a poignant question that I do want to ask not to, you know, belay the, um, the tiebreaker or anything. Uh, but, that's okay. We'll make, um, the, during... we'll, we'll make this the tiebreaker and Please. your favorite, yes, whoever... your favorite answer will be the winner. Okay. Whoever has the best response. Um, do you feel like in the time of COVID mm -hmm. that we're actually, there are actually, you've got male love stories happening all over the world right now because of this time, because I hate to out myself, but it's like, I have had a cyber cyber dalliance during oh, this time an email oh. exchange during this time Very nice. and so i think that that's what makes this even more like interesting is that un unfortunately i feel like i have told this person more deep things about myself than i have ever done on a date mm -hmm or anything of the sort even on multiple dates and even in relationships sure. which is quite sad but it has happened to me personally. So that makes me wonder, do you think that this has, this COVID thing has made us kind of go back a little bit to this you've got male age? Jordan, uh -huh. who is going first? Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with Olivia. Right, Olivia, Let's 69 seconds on the clock okay. and go. Absolutely, I think with, um, you know, with every bad experience, every bad dating opportunity that's come about with this quarantine and people not knowing how to navigate virtual dating. I think that there are people who have figured it out. And I think because a lot of the distractions of, um, you know, the dates that you can go on um, are stripped away from us, like there's that opportunity to ask like deeper questions. And I just, I think the not being able to see one another, like as many times, you know, just ever or like, just frequently i think that it really does make the heart grow fonder and there's that mystery and that intrigue and so 30 seconds i yes i i'm also just an optimist when it comes to other people's love stories so i wanted to say yes and um for the people out there who are currently experiencing that kudos to you i think that that is awesome 15 Keeping seconds vulnerable. yeah i'm just gonna end it on wow note. that was that, 10 seconds that was a very misconception congeniality answer i like that thanks <laughs> like and world five peace. Okay. And world four, peace. three two one and that's time Jane. and go uh yes i think a lot of this is happening uh kenny i'm just gonna give this to olivia so i can actually give a uh a long answer because i have a lot of thoughts on this <laughs> uh Okay. Because COVID did a lot of things. It made people, well, it did a lot of things, but I think something that it did for people was make them reflect. 45 inward. seconds. Kenny, don't. Uh, I want to give uh, a very real answer. Um, so I'm going to need time. Uh, and I gave the game to Olivia. Uh, I think COVID gave people time to like actually reflect on themselves and seconds. say seriously stop uh what they wanted not only with themselves but of partners but also it increased communication because if you wanted to have an actual relationship with someone during this time you had to uh increase your communication if you wanted to be safe and if you're 
not communicating with someone, you're not going to have a healthy relationship. So it is a matter of like, can you distract him? God damn it. Okay. Um, so yes, I think it is getting back to that age of like having people get away to access a deeper connection to one another because it's removing those physical barriers that we so often put up in front of ourselves, whether that be looks or just dumb shit that doesn't matter. We get to remove that and actually get to know the person for who they are similar. And you've got mail, like they just remove that and actually get the emotional person and connect with their soul. And I think that's really important. And I think that relationships will be better for it because this has increased the communication skills that is so needed mm -hmm. in a relationship. Because if you're not mm -hmm. talking about how you feel or about really anything, you're not going to have a good relationship. So th that's the quick answer in my head. Uh, I would have to think more and deeper on it. But essentially, it's making people reflective and, yeah, forcing them to communicate. And, and that I feel like is a wonderful answer. And I'm glad that you went in depth with that. And if I could tie this up in a little bit of a bow, yes, please. Um, I think, I think this movie hinges on one pivotal scene in the entire movie. That's the most important to me. And that's when Tom Hanks is on the boat with his father mm, mm -hmm. and they're talking about relationships and his father, obviously he's married to Jillian who designed from Caesar palace. Mm -hmm. So we know what kind of lady she was. Um, and he's like, he's like, oh, it's fine. The dad's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just find another one. And he's like, oh, yeah. Tom Hanks like, oh, that's so easy to find the one person in your life that fills your heart with joy. Yeah. And then, you know, that whole exchange with the father and then that epiphany moment from Tom Hanks where he's like, oh, my God, I'm becoming like my father. Who's yeah. like, and it's like, yeah, like he wants to make a change. He realizes that this is a person he can uh, develop such strong feelings for has already developed and it's only been over email thus right. far. so imagine them actually in a space together talking about all of the things they want to talk about right so um i i kind of it, it's covid's been terrible yes. but if the one thing redeeming quality has been this like maybe you're gonna have an epiphany moment right hopefully you do um, so yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. To wrap it, it up. It, it has been a very case by case basis. Cause like COVID has struck so many people differently. Um, like I know it, uh, just using myself an example, and this is totally coming from a uh, place of privilege, but, uh, you know, I got to go on unemployment and I got that extra $600, which saved me cause I was before that happened i was like looking as in a job search so like i didn't have any money but then this happened i was actually able to like have financial stability and like all that wonderful stuff now not a lot of people got that which really sucks so yeah i i, I put a little asterisk next to it. it's like if you are in that privileged spot of being safe and you have things in a nice warm spot for yourself and you're secure then i think it can give you that uh time to reflect and stuff and commute 
you're so, you're so right. You can't think about love if you're thinking about you can't think about I aming or I'm sorry, not I aming kind of thing anymore, but <laughs> emailing someone. It's yeah, unless unless you're secure mm-hmm. and not like food insecure or you know whatever the case may be. So that's a really good point. Um, yeah, James, that was that was such a great answer. So I'm willing to split my tie breaking point with you. <laughs> so we're still in a tie. <laughs> And let's leave it at that. Sounds good. Thank you, Olivia. We don't need to take it to the mattresses. Good callback. Good callback. A reference to the movie. Leave the leave the gun take yeah. the Yes. With the cannoli. All right. Uh, well, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rock and theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shamewash on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions? My mental health has been good in pandemic. That's good. <laughs> Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general Tom floor you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, Just or Facebook. Just in case anyone was wondering. At Shamewash Pod so we can talk with you. I was wondering. Kenny, <laughs> uh, Kenny, I wasn't because you keep telling us about it, which I'm happy for you. That's good. I'm glad you're taken care of. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon. At Patreon. I also too had a lot of um, reflection about my own love life um, in the summer of 2020 <laughs> through therapy. Therapy is great. We stand therapy. We do stand. Uh, finally, you can contribute to our Patreon. I feel I- like if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have gained the confidence to start dating again, even if it has been bumpy. Do you say, I don't know why, but Bumpy made me think of Bumble. Uh, well, that's not going well either, but bump, we bump-ly, continue. Bumbly? Bumbly. Bumbling? Uh, Olivia, you Olivia already knows about my my relationship problems during COVID, so uh-oh. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I, am not, I am not outing them here. Yeah, okay. maybe Baywatch to- under the paywall. Proceed, James. Finally, you contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. Uh, Olivia, what happens at the $10 level? Well, at the $10 level, James, you get all of the perks at the lower tiers, but what makes this one stand out is you get a haiku that's written by James or Aaron not myself or Kenny, and you get a photo of one of our host's feet. I kid you not, it is something we offer in the $10 package. It's true. Why? Because Aaron thought it'd be funny. Uh, (laughs) I'm outing Aaron. I I love him to death, but that was his suggestion. Uh, Kenny, what happens at the $7 level? I'm setting up a bit with Olivia that we're going to interrupt you with. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, Don't worry about it. So at the seven dollars, okay, yeah. At the remorseful level, you will get special behind-the-scenes videos that you can't get anywhere else, along with all of the park, all of the parks that you can find at the five-dollar level and the two-dollar level. At the five-dollar level, you get uh, uh, you get those tasty, juicy bits that we talk about before the podcast. They're yummy, delicious pre-talk and then the two dollar level you get access to our movie marathons to shame watch tv hosted by our very own olivia suarez and yes you get your name said on the podcast olivia take it away all right we've got kenny madison of austin texas 
Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. From Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. From Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson. From Tulsa, OK. Jennifer Steinberg. Austin, Texas. Heraclio Gonzalez. Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. From Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. From San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. From San Antonio, Texas. Irene Suarez. From San Antonio, Texas. Nolan Barger. From Oklahoma City, OK. The Con Save. From uh, Stevensville, Texas. Holly Cuomo. From Austin, Texas. Rebecca Trejo. From Houston, Texas. Irvin Castellanos. Uh, from Austin, Texas. Duran. And Buda. Is Buda, right? Buda. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. From Buda, okay, Texas. Buda, Texas. We got Ashley Blum. In Santa Barbara, California. Ryan Hill. From Austin, Texas. And our newest patron, we are trying to figure out where you're from, Jason Harris. Yeah, tell us where Woo! you're from, Jason, because we don't know. Mystery. Uh, and until next time, our wait, watch. Wait, wait, James, wait, wait. Yes. Don't cry, shop girl. Don't cry. <laughs> I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you. I wanted you to be so you so badly. Bad. You've got pod. <laughs> Until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs>